Jill's had a word bubbling away in her for a little while, which has come to a head, and we're looking forward to her releasing and sharing with us. So let's welcome Jill to release a now word to us, and we'll see where the Lord takes us when she's finished. Very nice. I guess she's going to talk about it. Yes, there is a reason. We're not just dressing the place for fun. There you go. Because I did think, because at some point I need to show it you, and I thought, well, at that point, I'm I'm not going to have enough hands. So I've put it out there already. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So we all know, I hope most of us all know, that on the 9th to the 10th of September, we crossed over into the new year, the Hebraic year. It was Rosh Hashanah 5779. So we all know that. And if you listened hard when Maria talked about it, you'll know that that's the Ayin decade, and then the number nine is represented by the letter Tet, and the letter Tet resembles a vessel to carry the oil or the wine, or resembles a womb. And that's sort of nothing to do with it, but it is, because there's an expectancy of a newness, of a newness. And the point, the, the thing that it is to do with it is that on the 9th and the 10th of September, I was actually in Australia, And I'd gone to visit my uh, newly born grandson, and I was there, and I was very expectant, and uh, to see the new year in, strangely, nine hours before you guys, right? So I was nine hours before, waiting, waiting, right? And obviously, with a newborn grandson and a busy family and madness going on all around you, you don't have time to sit with your Bible and wait on the Lord and wait for sundown and and be asking him about what the new year is all about. Uh, But he has a way of breaking in. So at sundown or just after sundown, uh, the television was on in the background. And uh, this isn't the exact picture because I couldn't find the exact picture, but pictures like this were going on and it stopped me in my tracks. Well, and this sort of a thing was going on, more like that really. But it was that sort. Now what it was, it was a hurricane. A hurricane. And uh, it, was, it was huge and it was surrounded in a mass of smoke. And somehow this hurricane had sucked up into the middle of it fire. And as I, as I looked at it there, well, two things happened really. And I was just awestruck. I just stood watching this scene play out. And God just said to me, he said, that's how I'm coming 
in 5779. That's how I'm going to presence myself. And I was, I just watched it. I watched it happening. And it was more like this. It was just thick, thick cloud. And this thing could not be stopped, right? It would go where it wanted to go and it would do what it wanted to do. And the, all, the, all, the, uh, all the things that were around it were just uh, useless. So it, anything that the fire brigade or the people there, the vehicles were just in a heap of nothing. Um, the water that was sprayed into it just was mist and just evaporated. Um, the poor ha- firemen with their hose pipes were firing everything they'd got at it. And the hose pipe, anything that was in that vicinity of that swirl was just being whipped up and dispersed and thrown away. And the hose pipes were melting, everything. It, it was awesome. I was just stood watching it. I was just stood watching it. And, and, God, and th- th- it was... The, the, the might and the power of God. And he's saying, I'm coming in this year. And that's what he said into here. And that was right. That's nice. That's for me. That's, that was a, it, 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 I'm to know you. You know, it was for me. The other thing that happened was this scripture jumped into my head. And it says, then I looked and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with a raging fire engulfing itself. And brightness was all around it and radiating, radiating out of its midst, like the color of amber and out of the midst of the fire. And that, that you know, and that is, um, that's, that's the vision of God. That's the vision of God. That jumped into my mind. That's what God said to me. And I thought, okay, that's fine. A bit later on in the, in the, in the time that I was there, I know you guys here were having a prayer watch. And up on WhatsApp popped Maria's sort of description of where, and guess where they were? They were in Ezekiel. And I thought, okay, okay, God, right, all right, that's fine. Um, Up on my computer, up on my computer popped an email also um, at that particular time. And it said, So it's talking about hurricanes, strangely. And it's saying that hurricanes display great manifestations of God's presence. And it says, it's interesting that Rosh Hashanah, this is in America, has preceding, has three weather events all going on at the same time. There was Hurricane Florence in the Carolinas, there was Hurricane Olivia in the Hawaiian Islands, and a recently downgraded, sadly, tropical storm, Isaac in the Gulf. And the names of those three hurricanes or storms was Florence means prosperous and flourishing, Olivia is olive or olive tree, and Isaac means to laugh or rejoice. And it says there, just make sure that you understand that these things that you see around us are signs and symbols and are evidence of what he's about to do. <laughs> and I thought, okay. The final thing was, the next bit after this here, because I'd read ahead, I'd read in Ezekiel because this had jumped into my mind. The final thing was, it carries on there, if you like, to say and to talk about the, the vision of God. And it's talking about the four living creatures with the four faces. That's what this is here. 
When I met up with Diane, a contact that we have in Australia, she presented this to Can. And if you can see on the four corners, it's the vision, it's it's the Ezekiel scripture, and it's the four faces of of God. So that was four things for me, and I thought, okay, God, you've got my attention. So that's where it came from. That, and it was like, okay, all these things, it's got my attention. So I've been sort of looking at it and thinking about it, ticking away in the back of my mind. There's so much stuff. I'm not going to give it you all. Thank you. You'll be glad to know. But what, we have, what you've got to know is God is coming in might and power for this year. Right? That's what... That's what he's saying. And he he's always comes in might and power. But there's something different. This is the final year of this decade. And God is coming in his might and his power in a different way. And we're going to see him in a different way. So I started looking up. So wind. Okay. There's wind in there. That's wind. That's breath. That's spirit. That's him. He's coming with his wind. Smoke is in there. To smoke, to be angry, to be furious. Fire's in there. It's supernatural fire. It's flames. Again, it's God's anger. And I'm beginning to think, oh, this isn't good. He's coming in judgment. And he's coming in anger. And I'm thinking, what does this mean? But that we've got a God who will not tolerate the way things are. We've got a God who will not tolerate what we're doing. Not us, but the world. We look at the world and we've so much to pray about. There's so much to marvel at. There's so much to... And God will come one day, fully and finally, in his anger. He'll come in his might and his power to finish it all. But... But we've got a strong and we've got a mighty God and he's making provision and he's, he's saying, I'm coming in 5779. So fire denotes God's presence. So we see it in the burning bush. This is all just proof things really. We see the pillar of fire in the wilderness, don't we? God is there. God is coming in his fire. We see the fire that consumed the sacrifices. Can you imagine that? That he would put you'd put your things down, you'd put your sacrifice down, and God, it was His way of saying, "I'm here, I'm coming, I'm in control. It's not you doing it to me. I'm consuming what you're sacrificing." Oh, wrong way. Sorry, folks. And we've we've been hearing, well, we've been reading, haven't we? I've been reading through Exodus and been hearing about that time where he descended uh, in Sinai in fire. And we've already sung tonight, Jesus, with his eyes shining like blazing fire. And, of course, at Pentecost with the tongues of fire. So it's all about fire. In Isaiah we read, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence, and as fire burns brushwood, and as fire causes water to boil, to make known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. 
I'm sure I'm not the only one that has prayed that prayer in certain times. It's, oh God, come down from heaven. Come down from heaven. We pray it as a church. We pray it for our nation. We pray it for Europe. We, we ask God to come and intervene. We ask him to come. We ask him to come in his might and power to do the stuff that we want him to do. It's the wrong way around, but we do. We say, come Lord, come and, and do Are we ready? When Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, they'd been prepared for three days, I think. Good few days. I think I'd need longer. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked greatly. Can you imagine it? That's what we're asking for when we call God to come. And we get it. We get everything. We get the fullness. We get the completeness of him. I'm not trying to be scary. I'm not trying to just be overdramatic. But this is the God we serve. He's not a fluffy, woolly, gentle dove or a lamb. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is a mighty God. This is not, this is our God. And we can, we can sing lovely songs about him and he's worshipful and he loves us and he's our father and Jesus and all that. But he is this God as well. He's that, he's that whirlwind of fire and anger because he's angry at his world, not at us. But he, he, he's angry because of sin. But anyway, we'll get there. So, in the Psalms we read, smoke went up from his nostrils and a devouring fire from his mouth. This is God. This is our God. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and he came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and he flew and he flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place and his canopy around him was, was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. Again, there's loads I've been looking at, but let's look at whirlwinds because that's what I saw. God has his way in the whirlwind. There is a time, there's a time, this, there's, there's a way, he's going to have his way in the whirlwind. He's going to do stuff. We are going to see things in the nation changing because God is coming in presence in himself in a different way this year. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. That wasn't a nice little chat. It was, you can imagine having that, when you read Job again, you think of that whirlwind of, 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 of fire, of, of air, of wind, of smoke, of nothing being able to stand in its way and going where it wanted to. You know, that's the conversation he was having. That's God. Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, a violent whirlwind. It will fall on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. We're talking about sin. We're talking about sin. 
in the world. We're talking about what he's coming back to rectify. We're talking about what Jesus did on the cross. We're talking about the things that make God angry. And God is angry on our behalf because of sin. And he's coming. We need to have an expectation on, in us that, wants, that is ready to see him like this. Because we'll see him how we're ready to see him. We'll only see him how we're positioned to see him in our life. And we don't want to miss out at all. Right, I've put a load of names of God. We've got primary names, we've got compound names, we've got loads and loads of other names of God that he is known as in the Bible. Why have I done that? Because this is all the facets of who he is. This is all part of who he is. And he cannot appear as less than himself. Right? So all that is to say that he's coming like that. And we can't expect him to come any less than that. We can't expect him to come in a downgraded version, to cope with how we can manage to see him. Because he is mighty, he's glorious, he is he's strong, he's righteous. You know, he'd put the fear of God in you. <laughs> and that's a good fear. It's not a fearful fear. It's knowing that the God that you have in here can shift things, can change things, that nothing will stand in his way. Nothing will stand in his way in your life. Nothing will stand in his way in your town. Nothing will stand in his way in your nation. If that's what he's going to do when he's partnering with you, it will get done. He's a conundrum, is God. He is the storm. He creates the storm. He calms the storm and he's the shelter from the storm. He's everything all at once. That's who he is. That's who we're going to get to see. That's who's going to presence himself. He is all those things. He's mighty and strong and yet he's compassionate and he's loving. He's our judge and he's our redeemer. He's everything all mixed up together. That's who God is. That's who he's coming as. Now, as he reveals himself, as he's going to do, the enemy will be revealed. So we need to be aware of this. We're, we're asking God to come. We ask God to come all the time. We're looking for him to come. When he comes, the enemy will be revealed. He is the light of the world. When the light of the world comes, the cover, if you like, is pulled off what the enemy's doing. We heard from Catherine last week, didn't we, about all the stuff that's going on. There's so much more. And it's, it's dark stuff, it's dirty stuff. When he comes, the enemy will be revealed. The enemy, when he comes to me, when I allow him to, the enemy is revealed in me. I know where I'm deficient. 
when God holds that mirror up to my face, I know. When he comes to our nation, it will be evident what's wrong in it. The enemy, when the enemy, when he will be revealed. When God comes, the enemy is exposed. So are we ready? Are we ready? I'm not saying are we ready because if we're not, we'll put it off for a while. This is happening. This is happening now. We need to be ready. So where are we actually positioned? So in this massive storm, in this fire, in this hurricane, in this wind, in this turmoil, in this tempest, where are we actually positioned ourselves? In Isaiah, we read, Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? And who among us shall dwell with everlasting burning? Right, just, to, just so we know, okay, devouring fire, everlasting burning, sounds like somewhere, doesn't it? It's not hell. Right, how do I know it's not hell? Because that verse is linked with this one here as well, and it carries on, because it, it says, Lord, who can abide in your tabernacle, and who may dwell in your holy hill? It's asking the same question, and both of the answers to those verses, if you read them, are the same. We also look in Deuteronomy, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire and a jealous God. And we read in Hebrews, for our God is a consuming fire. So who among us shall dwell in the devouring fire and who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? That's right. It carries on to say he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly and he who despises the gain of oppressions, who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Now that doesn't mean to say you hide doesn't mean to say that you shut off your ears from bloodshed and go la 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 or shut off your eyes from it doesn't mean you hide it means that you choose not to walk in them you choose not to participate in them you see them you need to pray but you do not walk in them he will dwell on high and his place of defense will be the fortress of the rocks and bread will be given him and his water will be sure that means you, there is a provision for those who walk righteously and speak uprightly. And if you read, I forgot to bring my Bible up, but if you read the um, uh, Psalm 15, which was also, that was, uh, that was also the, um, in the daily reading this morning from uh, In Time with God. But if you read that, it will give you the same sort of answer. <laughs> Pardon? No, it's okay. Can all read that. It's your homework. So, so he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly and does all these things. So, does anybody qualify in the room? Yeah, we do, but only because of Jesus. Because I can't stand in the fire of God. I can't stand in that might. I can't stand in his presence without Jesus. And that's our strength. You know, and I'm not very good at stuff, and I've got problems and I've got issues. But in my weakness is his strength. I can stand before that 
mighty God. I can be in that consuming fire and stand there because I'm covered with his blood. I have been redeemed and I have been saved. And that is my strength and that's my only qualification. So we have a safe and a secure place in it, right? If we go to, we all know this one. Go out, stand on the mountain, says Elijah. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks before into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after that, the fire, a small, still small voice. Now, when we read this, we go, oh, yeah, but that's nice, isn't it? Because God speaks to us in a nice, still small voice inside of us. And that's our personal God. And that's, it's not our personal God. It's the God that's in the strong wind that tore the mountain to pieces. That's still him. It's the God that is in the wind. It's the God that's in the earthquake. It's God that's in the fire. But because he's God who loves us, is compassionate for us, He speaks to us in a still, small voice. And it says the Lord passed by. The Lord was in all those things. But Elijah could only connect in the still, small voice because he was human. And God loved him. And God spoke to him and commissioned him again out of it. But that's still our God. That's how he's going to... Uh, presence himself this year. And I keep saying that, but that's what he said. So, God is coming in all his might and all his glory in 5779. So, where are we positioned in that hurricane, in that tube of fire? We can be right in the center, in the eye of the storm. We've all heard that eye of the storm before. But there is actually, there is actually an eye, whoops, I'm going. There is actually an eye of the storm. It's very, very slight. But there is, in in the midst of a tornado, in the midst of a hurricane, there is that place that is, that is surrounded by such violent winds and violent, that is calm. And there is that little spot. So we can, God can place us in the eye of the storm. Now you imagine that. If you, when you, when you next stand and you pray, you imagine you're positioned in the eye of the storm. And when you move forward in prayer or you speak something, the might and the power and the force and the, 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 the wind and the, the strength of God is all around you. That when you speak the words he says for you to speak and when you do deal with stuff inside of you, that might and that power of, our, of that God... <laughs> will do it 
because nothing can touch you. No, when you stand in God, when you stand in that place, nothing can come against you because whatever it does, it gets whisked away. And whatever you do, you've got that power and that might and you're in the middle of it and that's where God has positioned you. Since I came back, I'd like to, uh, I shall read this to you because since I came back, this has popped up as well. I found this. And this is a lady called Lena Vasa, or whatever, and she's from Australia. And she says, says, I heard the Lord say this morning, so this is a prophetic word for 5779. And it says, I heard the Lord say this morning, the year where everything changed. I could feel the excitement in the atmosphere of the enormous shift that is going to take place over the body of Christ right now. As we move into Rosh Hashanah at sundown here in Australia, I believe that the Lord will make a decree of major change as we move into 5779. There have been whirlwinds that, sent, that are sent to try and take you out, but now the Lord is releasing whirlwinds of acceleration that are going to position you suddenly. The changes that are taking place in the spirit are not something to fear. The enemy is using lies and fear to create a foreboding in many hearts of what the change will look like. But I want to encourage you that the changes are going to be good. They are greater manifestations of the destiny of the Lord of your life. Don't despise the uncomfortable feelings of stretching that are taking place right now. Don't despise the feelings of pressure on either side, for in the midst of it all, sorry, for in the midst of it all, everything you are walking through, you are being prepared for that <coughs> which you are led into. There has been such an intense season of preparation for many of you, and now the Lord is leading his people into greater places of positioning and kingdom. I want to encourage you, continue to lean on him, stay close to his heart, do not allow offense or jealousy to be stirred up, but know that the positioning of God is perfect. Celebrate one another and pray for one another, and do not entertain the lie of the enemy that you have missed out. The Lord is going to minister to many areas where the orphan spirit has taken a hold in souls. And he is going to heal those areas and awaken his people in greater ways to their identities in him as a son or a daughter. He is maturing you to carry what he is releasing. I had a vision of the body of Christ crossing over the threshold into the break year. And they were roaring and decreeing, now I know why I'm alive. Where there has been a deep searching for purpose within many of the body of Christ, your relationship with Jesus and the reality of living for him, to know him and to make him known, is going to burn in you in greater ways that you've experienced before. As we cross over this threshold, there will be a greater fire in your bones for the word of God, awakening to your purpose in Christ and your destiny. In the flames, in the fire, the Spirit of God is anchoring you deeper in Jesus, deeper in his word, and stronger in conviction. The pressing as and is preparing you for increase. Suddenly I saw angelic hosts fly with such speed towards God's people. The wind of the Spirit blew so strongly, and these angelic hosts 
were holding spoils. I then heard the words, expect to see my justice released into your life in greater acceleration. I knew that there was an even greater shift taking place. And he was going to roar and bring the spoils back to his people. So this year is not a time for you to be on the fringes. It really is not a time for anybody to be hanging around on the fringes. Because what happened in all that wind when God comes, they, the, you're just going to be whisked away and whisked out. It's not a time. You need to be, get your alignments right. You've got to know where you're positioned and you've got to know where you belong. And you've got to get yourself in that place in the center of where you're supposed to be and stay there. And the only way to do that is him. Now, my center, where I'm supposed to be, isn't your center. If I try and be like you, I'm going to be off center and I've gone again. If you try and be like me, you're not in the right place. And you can't be safe and you can't be in the eye of what God is going to do in our lives. There's constant movement in that hurricane, in that whirlwind, and we've got to be ready for change. God is not static. When, you've got to, when you get to that place and you think, oh, I've made it, I'm okay, life's good, everything's working out. Be very, very afraid of that. I do sometimes. You know, you go along, you think, oh, it's really good at the moment. And you think, don't say that. But you're not looking on the worst side because God changes and God moves. You've got to be expectant. You've got to be watching where he goes. You've got to be watching what he's doing. You've got to be watching what's happening in the spirit, what's happening in the community where you are. And you've got to be ready to move and to go. Otherwise, it catches up on you. Otherwise, you're a bit grumpy. Otherwise, people are going, come on. You know, so he's coming in his judgment. So, not a good place to be. I've got always got to ask that. I always have to ask that of me. Am I dead yet? Because I'm not. Sometimes, because things rise up in me and make me feel very uncomfortable. God's coming in his judgment. Because he wants to see us free. He's not coming in his judgment because he's a really angry God. He's a loving father and he's angry on our behalf. We talked about the nation, but he's coming to his church equally. Sin will be revealed in his church equally to the nation. So are we dead yet? Lord, Lord, make us so that we are, so that it says in Romans, doesn't it, where you offer yourselves, you offer your members uh, uh, alive as, once, as they were once dead or something like that. You can't offer anything to him of yourself. You can only offer it when you know it's out of a place of you've, he's, put, he's been killed. You've allowed yourself to die to self and then you can give it to him and he brings it to life. So it's not an uplifting note to finish on, is it, Jenny? But it's true, right? I want you to understand it's not a time to be on the fringes. 
You've got to be in the center of what God's doing. It's serious. I don't know what, he's, what we're going to see. I don't know what we're going to see this year in the newspapers over our nation. I don't know what we're going to see that's going to show us that God's come in his fire and his power. But we're going to see it. We're going to see him come in a new way in the church. We're going to see him separate the church in some way. Because where sin, you know, we're going to see some people be able to stand in the center of it and some people not. And we don't know what he's bringing. So can I just pray? Lord, we know you love us. We know you love us with an everlasting love, Lord. But we understand that we have not got the, the depth and the breadth and the complexity of all that you are. Every time we look, there's more. Every time you show us something, there's more. And Lord, you are fully for us. There is nothing you would not do and have not done to reconcile yourself, to reconcile us with you. But God, you are not a God to be mocked. You are not a God that will just brush over things and leave things. You have to deal with them. You are a righteous God. You are a a God of justice. And so, Lord, we... Say, come in all your might and all your, all your power and all your wonder and all your love and all your compassion and all your healing and every component and every facet of you, God. We say we, we want to know you like that, Lord. We want to know every little bit of you, every name, that what that means to us. And we don't want to know it in our head. We want to know it in our heart. We want to know it in our life. We want to know it in our experience. We want to be in the center of your will for us. We want to be in the center of your will for this place, for our nation. We want to be rightly positioned, God. So we ask you to come and do all that you want to do in us, all that you want to do in Can, and all that you want to do in this nation. Amen.